Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I would like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast has been created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders, past and present. Hi, I'm Ash London, reformed radio host and new mum. I'm knee deep in this whole parenthood thing and every day I find myself with more questions than I had the day before. If you're like me and want to be a parent or are a parent, but also want to keep your own dreams and interests alive, then this podcast is for you. We'll speak to famous parents, experts, mates, and strangers off the internet as we figure out how to keep living our best lives, even when it feels like we have no idea what the hell we're doing. Welcome to New Mum Who Dis. Before we get into today's episode with Maddie J, I want to talk about the new Prime Video show, 13 Lives, which starts streaming uh, today, August 5th, Friday. So it is the story, and I know you guys will remember this because I will never forget it, of the Thai cave rescue back in 2018. I was actually on my honeymoon in Sri Lanka. So I was supposed to be off, you know, climbing mountains and being romantic and having you know, sunset spas with Adrian, but I was completely just like stuck on my phone trying to find CNN or any news channel in the hotel to watch this story. I was completely transfixed by this story and I absolutely just bawled my eyes out when that first boy emerged. Now that I'm a parent of a son, you know, the emotions run even deeper when I imagine how those poor parents must have felt so helpless, putting all of their faith in complete strangers from around the world who are down in this cave trying to get their kids out. I've since done many a deep dive, pun intended, on this incredible true story. One of my favourite parts is actually about um, Dr. Richard Harris. He's an Australian anaesthetist and cave diver. What a combination. He ended up being an integral part in rescuing the boys and so much meticulous planning, but also like guesswork and finger crossing had to go into, you know, the the planning of actually getting these boys out. It will absolutely blow your mind. You can watch 13 Lives on Prime Video from August 5th, uh, that's Friday, today, and learn more about what went into saving those 13 lives and get around it. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So another new dad who dis. I love doing these. Uh, it's always a little bit different hearing a male perspective on parenthood. Today's guest is a very hands-on dad. It is Maddie J, who, if you watched The Bachelor, you obviously watched him um, fall in love with Laura Byrne back in 2017. And it is interesting to me that The Bachelor seems to be kind of the only dating show that has had long-term success. 
with couples, many of whom have gone on to start families. A chat for another day, perhaps. But uh, Laura and Maddie have got their own beautiful family, two gorgeous girls. And if you follow them online, you'll see their very real and upfront accounts of family life. It is an absolute pleasure to have him on for New Dad. Who dis? It's Maddie J. I'm happy to speak on behalf of the dads out there. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) That is a big call to decide that you will speak on behalf of all fathers. But, hey, if you are that <laughs> confident in your ability at fatherhood, go for it, mate. Um, welcome, Maddie, to the podcast, my Hey, friend. it's good to be here. I've just done the daycare run. So I, um, and you can probably still see that's, that's from two days ago when Marley kicked me in the nose. Nice. Mm. Spirited daughters, shall we say. Spirited is a great word. There's, there's nothing like a loving boot in the face from your toddler <laughs> to say mm. thanks for all your hard work. Nice. Um, I'm glad you brought up daycare because one of my friends, and this is going to sound very stalkery, one of my friends who lives in your suburb and was is looking for daycares and like um, testing out different daycares and doing the um, tours saw you drop off one or two of the girls at daycare and wanted me to ask you if you were happy with the daycare. No, no. Dramas. Dramas at daycare at the moment. It's kicking off. It's kicking off. This week. What? Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know how, your, are your kids and your boys in daycare? No. No, way too no. young. Well, and I'm also a Lebanese parent who probably won't let him out. <laughs> like 16 years old. It's so hard to know with daycare. It's a bit like going to an open house and you get five minutes to just have like a quick little look around, like open a kitchen drawer, flush a toilet, and you're like, I think this is good. It's a bit like that when you go and see a daycare in person and you look at the kids and you're like, well, they all seem relatively happy. I think this place is good. And you just like fingers crossed that this is going to work out. And it's been good, except... I've now realized that our daycare is the only one that does this. Every week, we get a message saying we need three or four families to keep their kids home because we don't have enough staff to meet the quota of the ratio from staff to kids. And they were like, because it's COVID, it's really hard to find staff members. And I was like, I get that. You know, everyone's struggling to find staff right now. And then I spoke to some other people at the park um, as I was pushing Marley on the swing and I'm like, hey, does your daycare do this? And everyone's like, no, that's, that's not a thing. And, and quite often we'll get a message and be like, hey, the daycare shuts at four o'clock today. You've got to pick your kids up. That's it. No, you can't be doing that. That's like literally why you take the child to daycare is because you have a busy day and cannot be there at four o'clock for the child. So I'm pretty lucky because, you know, I work from home. So for me, it's not a big deal, but I've done it before where I've dropped the kids off and there's been another parent who's wearing corporate gear and they're like, I'm in the city. I'm working till 5.30. I can't do that. Um, and so I'm now at this position where I'm like, do I find a new daycare? It's bloody hard. You're on a waiting list for 12 months or do I just, do I, do I wait this out? But apparently the owner of the daycare has been a bit stingy, doesn't, doesn't want to spend the money. So I'm thinking about getting all the parents together and we're doing like a mass strike. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That, you definitely need to do that because it's dramatic, which I love, and it will work. We're going to storm the daycare. So I'm now in the process of like how can we like get our pitchforks, get our like flaming mm, torches, and yes. like maybe on a Friday we all run in there and take over the daycare. Just an idea. 
Yes. And you need a sign, but like a really clever sign. You know how people go to protest <laughs> and it's like a pun, but I don't know what the pun would be because I'm on the spot. I'd need five minutes to think about it, but something to do with like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but workshop the pun because that's going to get you also a bit of media coverage, maybe daily mail. I know, I know. I'm like, so if your friend is like looking at other daycares and I'm like, maybe I'll just check out the one that Maddie J was at and then they'll see me with my pitchfork and angry mob and they're like... <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best Get place. in the car, turn around. <laughs> yeah. It's a no. Well, I'm so glad I asked because I thought you were going to be like, it's great, the girls love it and it's really small and they're really thriving, but it, not the case. So thank you for your honesty. And we didn't La- name and shame anyone, so it's fine. No, no, although I've thought about it. Except, <laughs> and then the thing I noticed with daycares, and I don't know if it's the same for other parents, but you get a little like a report card at the end of each day, which just says, you know, how many times the nappy was changed. Like, was it wee? Was it poo? Did they eat their food? Did they have a nap? How long was it? And my kids are pretty bad eaters. Like, it's it's like I'm trying to give them razor blades sometimes. That's how they react right. to trying to eat food. And every time I get the end of day report card, it's like, Marley and Lola ate everything on their plate for breakfast, oh, lunch, and dinner. And I'm like, did they? Did they really? Oh, so you're thinking they just lied. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, been... all they hate you. All the kids just hate you and whatever food you're giving them is wrong because you don't know what you're doing and you're a really shitty parent. I mean, <laughs> Mate, I would say that that is a possibility. <laughs> I've pulled them up on it as well and I, and, I, and, I went and I'm like, hey, it's been two years and they've never not eaten all the meals are you sure and they're like hey it's just when they see the other kids eating they just they just love it they really do i'm like maybe i'm maybe i'm the shit parent here no i think you need one of those nanny cams like in a bear or something (laughs) just to see what's really going they're all you know kicking back you know who knows what they're doing they're like smoking joints living their best life um well we should for people listening tell us about the, the little ladies that made you a father, names, ages, personalities, quick roundup. So my eldest, Marley May, she's recently turned three, uh, going on 16. <laughs> a lot of people say she's like a, a mini version of, of myself. They sometimes say the first child looks like their dad. And I, well, Laura and I look the same anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like... You do take, look similar. Take, exactly right. Um, but she... Like you could be cousins. Yes, 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 which is like totally fine. Um, she was a dream little child. Like we, I remember early on, Laura and I looked at each other and we were like, hey, this is kind of easy. What are these parents yeah, worried what about? What was everyone talking about? Yeah. Like we, um, we did a European trip when she was three months and it was just so easy. She slept well. She ate well. She was just so chilled. She was happy to go to anyone. And then we fell, uh, Laura fell pregnant pretty early on. So there's like about a, f- a year and a half gap between them. So Lola currently is just gone one and a half and she's just the complete opposite. She, um, she just screamed for the first six months. Like just, I have, I have these videos saved in my phone of, you know, being like 1am and she was just, just screaming, just screaming and like being held in such a like beautiful, comfortable way. And she just screamed. She didn't sleep. She didn't really like eating that much early on. So now we're polar opposites and all of a sudden 
the reality of parenting really smacked us in the face with two kids. But she's come good now. And even, um, it sounds really weird, but like Marley was such a giggly child. Like she just giggled yeah. nonstop. And you could even just give her like a little like, like touch of the belly. And she'd just burst into laughter. And then with Lola, just nothing. Got to work for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, I... I wanted that little giggle and it didn't happen early on. And I was like, oh, I'll keep trying at this one. And for the first year, I had like no giggles. And I was thinking like, what? Like, what's she happening? Hates me. Literally, literally. And, um, and only now, after a year and a half, is she starting to giggle at me. Um, but it's funny how I, my two daughters are just so different. Although yeah. it feels like now they're kind of merging to be a little bit similar. Um, They're picking up traits from each other and yeah. kind of settling in the middle. Yeah, and it just it's taken Lola, yeah, like a year and a half for her personality to come yeah. out. Like it's weird in the last like two months, she's just really come out of her shell. I love it. Do you think that if you had Lola first, do you reckon there still would be a 21-month age gap between kids or maybe you'd still be... Uh, She'll be figuring out if you wanted to go again. Yeah, I would not go near Laura with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I think for the first two years. Um, I, I think, yeah, Marley definitely put us into a false sense of, of confidence as parents. Mm. Um, but it wasn't false because that was the reality of what kind of kid she was. So... You know, but it, but but then we she were wasn't lying we, to you to like trick you into like having another baby, then being like, but, "Fuck you, <laughs> gotcha." <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, I think we were arrogant in the sense that we were like, "We are such good parents. We have raised mm. such an amazing little three-month-old. This is because of what yeah. we've done as you parents, not you. because of yeah, yeah, yeah." And uh, and then I would look at other parents with a screaming baby, and I'd be like. Do you need some help? Do you want some? <laughs> do you want some pointers? And even, even I remember speaking to like my cousin, and and their baby wasn't sleeping, and I and Marley was was the baby who slept all the way through, and I was like, have you have you just tried you know doing oh. a little pat on the back and let her cry for five minutes? You you have okay, all right. And then I look back and I'm like, I would smack you in the fucking face. Such a dick. I was such a dick back then, and yeah. But you don't know any better. When it's your first, you have no point of reference and you are kind of like, I don't know, like I never want to be a mummy shamer or any of that. And I'm so like careful, but there's always this sense of what I'm doing is working and it's the best and I must have a natural knack for this in those moments where things mm. are working. And I don't think we can help it. It's this weird, maybe it's a survival thing, but I was very similar. Like Buddy never slept. But I convinced myself he was a great sleeper and then I was nailing it so that I could then have a sense of judgment towards other parents. Yeah, I think... Which is pretty messy. And I, I think I, I look back, I look back, and even, and even I'm sure everyone has had this situation where they've looked at a parent at a table at a restaurant or cafe with the child in front of an iPad and I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look mm. good. I, would, I wouldn't be doing that. So many moments where I've judged other parents and I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never, I think you'll always have like a sense of judgment, but I would never be open with that judgment and, uh, and, and so conscious now of giving unwanted advice to other parents. Right. It's so true. What are some of the things that you 
never thought you would do as a parent and you're finding yourself definitely doing. I don't know if this is really bad or not. <laughs> if you have to preface it, generally it is. <laughs> Ash, you can you can tell me if this is this is not ideal as as a parent. But um, I remember speaking to other parents whose kids would wake up in the middle of the night and would then transition into their bed, you know, from like one or two in the morning. And I remember thinking like that is such an unhealthy situation to be in because all of a sudden. You know, there's this crossover. There's you're not having that same quality time with your partner. Like the bedroom is for you and your partner. That's like you know you don't want to have the child coming into yeah. that arena, and and then you know, I think from the age of two, Marley just kept waking up in the middle of the night, and it was hard to put her down. And we were busy working, and the quickest way to get her to go back to sleep was just to bring her into our yeah. bed. And in the and moment, that's, that's like, all you care about. In that moment, you don't care if you have to strap them to the roof of the house. You don't care (laughs) if it's going to put them to sleep. In that moment, you do it. If somebody was like, all you have to do is rip out a fingernail and you'll go back to sleep with the child, I'm like, do it. I don't like fingernails. Don't need them. Who gives a shit? It's so true. Except now now that's the thing. Like every single night, Marley will wake up. And she now, I don't know how she does it because the house is pitch black and she just, and the house is very also, it's very messy. And she meanders in down the hallway into our room, into our bed to the point where I don't even wake up anymore. I just wake up and I'm spooning Marley thinking it's Laura. Um, But (laughs) there was one time where um, she hopped into bed when I was asleep and in in my sleep, this thing had just hopped into bed and I was sleeping on the side and I thought it was a pillow. So I just went and pushed this thing thinking it was a pillow being like, like, get out. Like I'm trying to, and it was Marley and I like flung her across the room and she, (laughs) she hit the deck and, and I was still asleep. And then she started crying and Laura's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like brought her back into bed. They're very so, resilient, though. So I'm children. Oh yeah, took, took it like, it like a, a like a dad. What a legend! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, and even, like, co-sleeping, like, but he's only 10 months, so, you know, we did a bit of it. But, like, I think it's interesting that so many people co-sleep and just lie to doctors and caregivers and lie to everyone about it. But, like, I think the research shows that, like, 80% of new parents are actually co-sleeping. But no one wants to talk about it, so we all just pretend okay. we don't. That is very reassuring to hear. Eighty percent. It's good to know I'm not in the minority. But I, I also kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like it. It's nice to wake up in the in the morning and have us all in in the bed and together. My favorite memories as a kid is being in bed with mum and dad and having cuddles and feeling so safe and so secure and like nothing could touch me. So I just don't see how those those experiences are detrimental and no like 
15-year-old kid is still sleeping with their parents. Like, they grow out of it. You know, there is that thought in the back of my head. Even, like, Marley's, she's probably, like, 15 kilos. Uh, so she's really heavy. Really, I, I took her for a checkup, by the way, which is why I know how much she weighs. <laughs> You're not regularly weighing your daughter, getting the old tape measure out. <laughs> yeah. Off to daycare, 14 kilos. Okay, great. But, um, but she's really, really heavy to hold. And, you know, I can probably go a couple hundred metres before my arm starts to go dead. And I had this thought in the back of my head, like, there will come a time where, you know, I, I won't be carrying her. Like, I used to always take her to daycare where I, you know, she wouldn't go on the pram. She wanted to be held. And, yeah. you know, those days are now pretty numbered. And, and so part of me is like, oh, I, should, I want to save all these moments because she's growing up so fast that before I know yeah. it, she'll be, yeah, at school. And, and the days of sleeping in bed with us and me cuddling her and yeah. carrying her down the road are, are going to be she gone. I want it. And it is amazing. I know you've mentioned this before, how emotional about weird things you do become when you are a parent. Like, I'm, I've always been an emotional person, but now, like, I remember, and like the com games are on now, so it's the same, but I was pregnant during the Olympics and I could not watch a medal ceremony without bawling, imagining how proud I would be if Buddy won an Olympic medal. Like I just couldn't oh. stop thinking about the parents. Like imagine how you would feel with your child has won an Olympic and I'm bawling my face off as some random Taiwanese person gets a medal. <laughs> I know, even like, I, I'm like welling up now, the right. thought of it. It's, yeah, it's so amazing. It's, and, and I think, I don't know what it is about seeing another dad cry, but that to me doesn't matter what the context of the situation is. If I see a grown man crying about his children, I am just waterworks, it's all over. In what ways do you think you are nailing it as a dad? What are you good at? Um, ooh, that's a tough question because I, uh, at risk of sounding very arrogant when I answer this, I mean, Never. I, I think it's such a, it varies so often. I mean, like, on some days, there's one aspect of parenting that I, I you know, I, I think to myself when I'm sitting on the couch after, after the kids are in bed and I'm like, I fucking nailed that. You know, like I've, mm. I finally mastered the art of cooking dinner and feeding my kids. I made this chicken pie last night and, and both kids sat there and they devoured it. It was like, oh, that is the best feeling in the world. It's, uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? it? Nothing gives me more joy in this world than seeing my children eat a meal that I have made for them. And I, you know, I stood back and I was, watching, I was watching Lola in the high chair, just piece after piece of chicken. And Marley was gnawing on the corn. And it was just... And Laura had, um, had come home a little bit later. So I was doing this in the kitchen by myself. And I had such immense pride as, as yeah. a parent. But then I know that tonight, I just know that it's not going to be the same. And I could make yeah. them the most beautiful, nutritious meal they've ever had. And they'll just throw it on the floor and all they want is just toast with butter on it. Um, yeah, they do, rude. But I think you learn to not take it. Well, I'm learning, trying to learn to just not take it personally. That they're evolving and growing and so much is changing. And it's actually got nothing to do with me. And, you know, like... I think as a someone who's has found a bit of success and loves what they do and is a you know, I I like achievement. 
it's very hard to not kind of put my need to achieve and be the best onto the child and, and make it about me because it's not about me at all. Totally. And even, you know, I'm a pretty needy person at the best of times and, and it, it's, it's, always, it's always changing whether the kids want mum or want dad. But, you know, the other night yeah. Marley was like, Dad, I don't want a story from you. Like, like what are you doing? Beat it. I just want mum. Oh, no, no, no. And that, no, and no, that no, cut no. me deep. We're not deep. there yet, I would not. No, no, I can't. No, 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 no. I would cry for a year. That is, I, yeah. I'm not looking forward to when Buddy's old enough to, like, actually verbalise that he wants daddy or mum. And, and like, you know, I'd read stories to my last three nights in a row, so it was kind of mum's turn. And yet even yeah. Laura looked at me and gave me a pat on the back and she's like, oh, it's okay, you know, we haven't had some time together. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just need to be alone from it. I'm just going to go and sit outside and stare at the moon for a little while. Literally, I pour myself oh, a glass God. of red wine, <laughs> yeah. put, on, put, on, put on a bit of a Adele and just like... <laughs> Um, you mentioned kind of the daycare thing and you doing Fridays. How, how kind of nitty gritty did you guys have to be about organizing life when it came to that kind of deciding to have kids? Because for us, there was a lot of kind of planning that had to go into, okay, well, if we're both working, so we're going to do this. Am I going to stop work? And then when am I going to go back? Or are you going to do it? And are we going to get a nanny or childcare? And, and who's going to do the cleaning? Even things like, because I never cleaned or did any housework before. My husband was like, if we're going to have a kid and I'm going to be home, I need you to help with the washing up sometimes. And I was like, <laughs> but I've learned that I had to do that. And I learned where the laundry was in our building. And I went there one time and it was fine. I think early on, I really sucked. I really, really sucked. Mm. And I, I remember having conversations with, with Laura while she was pregnant, before Marley was born. And I was always really vocal about the fact that I wanted to be a hands-on dad. Like I was super yeah. excited to be a parent. And I definitely didn't want to be that dad, you know, who just came home um, for like the nighttime story. And that was it, you know, or yeah. like just the, the daycare drop off in the morning. I wanted to be far more involved. But I think... I still had embedded in my head more of a traditional role between mum and dad. Interesting. And, and I think, you know, for the first three months, obviously a mum is going to be far more hands-on yeah. than a dad because the baby is so dependent on the mum. You know, for the first yeah. three months, Lola and Marley both breastfed. And I think that probably put me in like a, a bit of a, a false sense of what my responsibilities were as a dad. Wow. And I remember there was one morning where I kind of, this is when Marley was about three or four months and I, you know, had my gym bag packed and I was heading out the door and, and I hadn't even communicated to Laura what I was doing that day. I was just kind of like, see ya. Yeah. And she was like, where are you going? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm going to the gym. And she's like, well, what am I meant to do? Just sit here all day by myself? Like, and, uh, and we had to have a, a pretty serious chat about like, it can't just be all on Laura. You know, I, yeah. like I was kind of changing nappies here and there and I was like cleaning, you know, into the house a little bit. But I definitely had gotten to a point where Laura was doing all the heavy lifting as a parent. Um, and so we had to kind of sit down and talk about who was going to do what and, and what's fair and really communicating with each other. Um, and also at the time, uh, you know, Laura was at a point where her podcast was doing really well and Tony May was doing really well also. And, you know, in terms of who was bringing in more money, you know, it was without a question, Laura. Wow. 
And so, you know, all of a sudden, and I put my hand up and say that I was at fault of doing this, is like I was doing less work around the house with the kids. I was bringing in less money than Laura. It was really bloody unfair, you know. Wow. And, um, and I think, it, you know, sometimes you have to get to that breaking point to have a discussion and to, to try and have some change. But yeah, it was that, that day that we had this argument slash discussion of like who was doing what. Mm. And it's one of the things I love about parenthood is it really forces you to get rid of all the peripheral bullshit and have the conversations that you need to have. And I so wonder how couples that are rocky to begin with and then have a child, I'm like, how do you survive? Like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done and I'm doing it with somebody else and I'm having to, like, manage my relationship and also manage this child. It really brings you closer, but not in, like, a sexy way, in, like, a very yeah. honest, <laughs> you know, uncomfortable way sometimes. Totally, totally. And I think as well, you know, obviously as a parent, there's a lot of sacrifice and it's completely unrealistic to expect that as a new parent you're going to be succeeding in these key areas of your life being work, socializing, and as a parent to your child, but also as a partner, you know, something's got to give, right? You can't yeah. keep all those aspects of your life firing um, with like a, a newborn in the household. And I think that was the hardest thing is trying to understand what was going to um, be sacrificed. And you know, obviously yeah. for, for me, socializing was was it was an easy one because it was non-critical I was like that's not yeah. important you know work as well was a bit of a juggling act and trying to dial that back um but then also making sure like that Laura and I were having some quality time as well yeah and what do you do for that how do you figure that out I mean that's something we're still you know we're 10 months in and it's still a struggle for us it's like well we want to make time for our relationship we don't want to be selfish parents but maybe sometimes being a selfish parent is actually being a good parent because it means that mum and dad aren't at each other's throats. It's, it's a very tough balance. Ah, oh, it's, it's so fucking hard. It really, really mm. is. And, um, and Laura and I have had these chats where we're like, okay, as soon as the kids are in bed, no phone. We won't be on our phones. We'll just be focusing on each other. And we're like, great, perfect. This is a good plan. Let's put this into play and mm. it'll work for a week. But then the reality is that, you know, sometimes the best time to work and write to an email is at nine o'clock at night because you've got no distraction yeah. and the kids are in bed and you kind of know that, hey, this could be a time where we get, get a little bit sexy. But at the same yeah. time, I've got 20 <laughs> yes. emails that I need to write back to and they're more important right now. Oh, God, it's true. So it's peaks and troughs. Peaks, peaks and troughs. Isn't that just parenthood? That, I mean, it's, it's, it really is peaks and troughs. And I'm amazed at how in one day... I can experience the highest of highs and then an hour later, the lowest of fucking lows and be like, what have I done? My life is over. I will never have fun again. And then you, your child smiles at you when you come around the corner and then you think, <laughs> oh, well, I'll just, I'll quit my job forever. I just hang out with you if you'll just keep smiling at me. Like it's, it's, it is completely magical and the best thing in the world. Um, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is is judgment. You and Laura obviously live your lives so publicly. You know, you fell in love in, in, in front of the country. Do you feel like um, there is a bit of judgment out there for the way you do things and, and how do you deal with that, you know? I haven't had – I mean, 
the, the vast majority of people who follow me on social media are female. Um, and, and so I have been judged and it's, it's just been from other mums. Like there was one, there's a video that I, I posted of Marley May and she was saying, instead of saying Buster is sleeping, she was saying Buster the dog. She was saying Buster is fucking. Oh God. And she like, I don't know where she got this word wrong. She kind of mixed it up. I'm going to brain melt. Uh, yeah. And, and we were like, what? And we, anyway, we, we, it was very, very cute. We filmed it. We posted it. But it was right before she went to bed. And this is when she's not even three. And she was wearing a nappy. And somebody had written like, why is your child, she's over the age of two, why is she still wearing a nappy? And I'm like, because she'll piss herself <laughs> if she goes to sleep. Mean? Like, <laughs> why else? But then, you know, I remember thinking like, like I, I, I Googled like, when should a child, when should a toddler stop wearing nappies at bedtime? Because I was like... Maybe, maybe this is wrong. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she shouldn't be wearing nappies. Um, and I, you know, very quickly realized that it's totally normal, totally normal up until the age of three, five, six, sometimes seven yeah. to wear nappies at bedtime. So um, fortunately it's, it's few and far between. I think, uh, and that person as well, who wrote that comment, like all these other mums had just like come in and swarmed around and being like, how dare you? So I think, the good thing is, for anyone who does judge on social media, very quickly, they're like brought into line by other parents who also mm. follow me. So Yeah. Well, you do a great job. They're really cute, funny kids. I laugh often. Thanks, dude. Thank you. I said that I was needed, needy before. So this, to me, is just music to my ears. So if you want to keep going, <laughs> I absolutely won't stop you. We're all doing a great job. All of our kids are the best kids. The end. Hey, we, we, never, we never even spoke about relish. We really connected on relish for anyone who's not Oh, my aware. gosh. We love relish. I mean, I don't – what is the brand called? I don't remember. Rick uh, Kickenberg, the Adelaide Hills brand that make – oh, mate. Oh, I can't even can't remember. remember. But for, for another time. For another, t- when I launch my relish podcast, or my condiment, yeah. just condiment podcast, and then you will come on as a relish expert and we can discuss. Do you, are you a pickle guy? Do you like pickle things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. All, okay, all for the pickle. Fantastic. Great. But he had his first pickle yesterday. Um, I'll send you the video. It was very cute. I think I think it, it went down well. He's a legend. Matey slash Maddie, thank you. Ash, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're the best. Give my love to your beautiful girls and we'll see you soon. Will do. That's it for another week of New Mum Who Dis. You know the drill, review, like, subscribe, rate, do all the things. Come on. I'm just a gal out here trying to make it in the big bad world. Um, Big love to Maddie J for making time to chat. What a nice guy. He always makes me laugh. And one of the things I love about this podcast is that no matter who the guest is, our experiences are always so similar, right? Parenthood is a great leveler. Uh, love you guys. Stay safe, be well and happy, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.